This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Geno Time Podcast here on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. We are brought to you by Bet Online. My name is Tom Westrom. I'm joined by Nicole Yang and Chris Grenham, and we are going to talk about Jalen Brown. Celtics announced Jalen Brown is out for the season. Uh, he has a torn ligament in his wrist that will require surgery. It's the same ligament that Romeo Langford tore just on the other arm. Uh, so, so left wrist for Jalen. Obviously, a very tough blow for the Celtics and not uh, particularly encouraging for their uh, already not very encouraging postseason hopes. Throw it out to you guys. I mean, you know, initial reactions to, uh, to the news and just what this means for the team going forward. My initial reaction was like surprise at the type of injury because it was his wrist, which now obviously knowing what we know, you can look back at the Oklahoma City Thunder game. You can sort of remember that play where he fell on his wrist. He was shaking it like, and at the time, I think we were all kind of surprised that he stayed in the game and everything seemed fine because it looked like that put him in some like obvious pain, but he never popped up on the injury report with a wrist injury. Like it wasn't really talked about. All the focus was on his knee tendonitis and then the ankle. And obviously the ankle had hobbled him to the point where he was sidelined. Like that was why he was missing the most recent games. But the fact that it was his wrist, I think it just really puts into perspective how banged up Jalen was and what he was playing with. And it was obviously the right decision to have him undergo surgery, especially given the timeline. Like according to Google, it's probably um, contingent upon each individual case, but the average recovery time is three to six months. And if it's six months, that already dips into next season. So yeah, I mean, we've been talking about, it feels like for a while now, how Jalen is dealing with various things. Obviously, we didn't know the severity of the wrist injury that he was clearly going through. I'm glad he got this precautionary MRI this week. So he wasn't trying to push through this wrist injury once his ankle healed up, because obviously the ankle injury is what we were seeing on the injury report. And I think it was Adam Himmelsbach was the one who reported that he underwent this MRI as a precaution and it revealed the tear. So I'm glad that he's not going to continue pushing through that injury because he clearly had been for the last couple of weeks and he was able to for a while, but that's not worth it. We talk, we've talked about it endlessly, the three of us, how risking injury for the rest of this year is not worth future risk, is not worth long-term risk. But my first reaction was like, man, this team is so snake bitten. Like the long dream for what feels like since the beginning of the year when they were dealing with Kemba's knee injury was we're going to manage all these injuries well enough to the point where the Celtics get to the playoffs and they're going to be healthy. And then maybe we can, you know, as a team, the Celtics can hit their stride and that's the point where they can peak. Brad Stevens has said, you know, the only way we peak is if we get healthy. So that's been like the pipe dream all season long. I feel like this is just like the exclamation point on a really, I don't want to say depressing year, but disappointing and like up and down season that has just been riddled with injuries. You look at the four perimeter guys, I think they played 16 games together, 17 games together. That's it. Since they got Fournier, 
They just haven't been healthy consistently. They haven't been able to see that rotation to really what they imagined it to be. And that was always, again, the hope more than anything. My first thought was it's really disappointing. And it's another disappointing notch on an already just like kind of dark season in a way. It's like, it's always been like, you're looking down the line and you never got down the line. It's really too bad. And I feel bad for the team because again, there was some potential there, but they just never were able to hit that stride. Like it, it, it feels like this season just kind of hasn't necessarily had any like heft or any like real like like meaning to it. Like like it just never felt like this Celtics team was going to like make a deep playoff run. It never felt like this team was was going to be a real contending team. And not that every season has to be contention. I mean, there were you know there were moments of growth from a lot of the Celtics players who we needed to see growth from. But I mean, it almost felt appropriate, right? Like, like this whole season has kind of felt like, uh, like that. There's just not that much of a uh, pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, and uh, yeah, it, it especially feels like that with Jalen Brown is going to be playing against uh, one of the top three seeds in the East. Well, and the particularly crummy part is that they can't like bookend this shitty season, and now there's carryover, and now it's going to affect Jalen's off season, and it might affect his availability at the beginning of next season. That's, I think, to me, like obviously it sucks for Jalen personally and individually. He was having a great season, first All Star season, and you never want to see a player have a season ending injury. But in terms of like the team perspective, the fact that this is going to have some impact on the start of next season really sucks the value of a full off season for these guys especially Jalen and Jason is so important considering they haven't really had a full off season in quite some time especially last year so I totally agree that is like a really sour part of this the fact that rather than you know having a full season to just kind of work on your game, rest up a little bit. He's going to be in an ideal scenario rehabbing. Who knows when he'll start that rehab process, but that's like an ideal scenario. So looking toward this offseason, even if some in the Celtics organization weren't looking toward a title, which I'm sure many of them were not, they were looking toward a full summer for these guys to kind of regroup. And I definitely agree. That's a major sour point that Jalen now loses that and is going to have to focus probably on the second half of that offseason and in rehabbing that. And yeah, it'll impact his training camp and preseason and who knows how far into next year. I'm sure we'll have a clear timeline after the surgery later this week, but yeah, I'm not, I, and I don't even know if we will have a clearer timeline after his surgery this week because, you know, after Romeo's surgery, it was there was like talk of like, you know, the optimistic end of like three right. months or whatever. And, you know, no, it took him all six before he could return. And then, no, that's actually not true, right? It took him, I guess it took him five and then he had his COVID at the end of that. Like, but I would say there's, there's, there's three bits of good news for the Celtics here. I think number one, and most importantly, he gets to put his feet up. These guys are all exhausted. The guy gets to, you know, I, I mean, he'll probably hang around the team. I would imagine he will until they're done, but he's going to be able to like to rest a little bit. He really is going to have to take some time off. And I think that's really important for everyone, physically, mentally, emotionally. I think it's going to be really important for every one of these guys to take a good amount of time off this off season. Cause like, it's been really grueling. They had a month off and they had to come back and try to play again. And I don't think that can be underrated in terms of reasons that they struggled this year. I think more good news uh, is that it's his left hand. Um, Romeo was trying to deal with a right hand injury. I just think that that's going to make a big difference. I know Romeo was trying to play through his wrist injury a little bit in the playoffs last year. 
And I mean, you know, that probably wasn't the greatest idea in the world, but I, I'm sure it was made, you know, the problem was exacerbated by the fact that it was his shooting hand. And this is not Jalen's shooting hand. So that's definitely going to be some, you know, something to keep an eye on for the Celtics. And I think the other good news, like, you know, we talk about this bleeding into next season and it might, you know, worst case scenario, it bleeds into like November, December. Like when you look at the, when you look at the schedule, I assume they're going to try to start the season as close to on time as possible this year, but I don't think they're going to be able to start it, you know, in like early early October like they have in previous years if they start in November and Jalen at like the very pessimistic timeline ends up coming back like first week of December that's a ton of time to work himself back into the lineup to like get back to where he wants to be before the playoffs like I think you know it sucks for the Celtics this year no question about it but I, I really don't think it seems like there's a good chance that this might not have a huge impact on next season I don't know how many times we want to say this on this pod, but like next season, I think is where the Celtics need to have their focus right now, because that feels like the season where there's actually like a chance for something. And it's like too early to tell, honestly, what impact it's going to have. I think just the fact that it will impact his off season sucks and his training, because you look at the strides he made in this short time period, like from last season to this season with basically no time off. And he came back a completely different player. Like, you wonder what he could have done with a full off season. And like you said, like non-shooting hand, he will still be able to like put in work, but it'll just be different when you're nursing an injury, of course. To your point about looking toward next season, that's kind of why I pointed out earlier, it is a really good thing that this was revealed when it was and that they didn't just like ride through this ankle injury and he kept trying to tough it out because like we've said before, he's a competitor. So if he has a little, has some wrist pain, And if they give him the option, he's going to say, no, I'm going to keep playing. It's an important time of the season and I want to keep playing. So I'm glad that they did the precautionary MRI because say he plays for another three weeks, like even that extra month in playing through it, one, it can worsen the injury, but two, it just means more and more things going into next season. And so I do think that there is a a slight positive in that they found it when they did, they didn't find this, you know, two weeks into the playoffs or something three weeks from now. For positivity this year, again, like never wish a season ending injury on any athlete, but it sort of takes the pressure off these Celtics. Now it's sort of like they're playing with house money. They sort of have an opportunity here to try to make a run in the playoffs. Uh, We'll see how successful that is, but there's just less expectations, which means less criticism. And I feel like now people will be pleasantly surprised if anything other than a first round exit happens. In terms of what they should be doing moving forward, obviously this gives them a closer look at Evan Fournier, who they're going to have to decide whether they want to resign. And then I think it just gives them an opportunity to like figure out who they want to keep on the roster. Like just start evaluating and they'll get more reps from, I mean, they're obviously going to want to keep Aaron Neesmith and Peyton Pritchard, but it gives them an opportunity to get more reps. And they they have a lot of roster decisions coming up this off season. So I think this is a good time for them to start that like evaluation process. I'm sure it's ongoing anyway, but maybe they can take a closer look. So I don't think they're really like even thinking about like, oh, like in the 2017-18 season when Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving went out, we went on this run to the Eastern Conference Finals. Like that was a totally different team, different circumstances. Like who knows, maybe it could happen. Maybe this will give them like a jolt of energy or. Yeah, I mean, so the Celtics, one of the stats that I looked up that I think is kind of interesting because I think one of the things this could do is it gives them a look at Evan, like a bigger look at Evan Fournier. Yeah. Um, you know, it just gives them kind of a chance to really evaluate what they have there. So far, uh, Jason Tatum and, and Evan Fournier have played 
uh, is something like 350 possessions without Jalen on the floor. In those 350 possessions, they have outscored opponents by almost nine points um, per 100 possessions, which is pretty good. And it's significantly better than the Celtics overall numbers. Like the Celtics are outscoring opponents by like a point. So those Tatum Fournier minutes have been pretty good, like pretty encouraging. Like there's something interesting happening there. I will be curious to see how that goes. I think there's a, I think there's a chance that the Celtics just kind of, I mean, they might be able to do something like just become like an offensive juggernaut, right? Like just, just be an offensive team. Yeah. Like I think your defense is probably going to suffer from losing, uh, you know, losing Jalen. I, I don't think Jalen is any kind of like defensive player of the year, but he's versatile. He's strong. He's athletic. Like that there's a lot, you know, and I think his off ball defense has been a lot better this year um, than it has been in previous seasons. So you're definitely losing some defense. You know, maybe, maybe you just like put more emphasis on just get as many buckets as possible. And, you know, they've got a lot of bucket getters. Even Kemba Walker is playing really well right now. So like, I, I don't, obviously the Celtics are, are a significantly worse team without Jalen Brown, but like, it might be like a galvanizing thing. It, you know, I, I don't know what, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how this is going to shake out in the postseason. I, I don't think they're getting, I mean, I could see them losing in the play in game now and just kind of being like, well, we're definitely not going anywhere without Jalen. So why, you know, try so hard, maybe kind of a one, two, three Cancun thing, but I could also see them. Like, I, I also don't necessarily think that's how they're wired. Um, and I know that there's a lot of like fans and analysts and columnists right now who would say that is how they're wired, but like, I, I could see them maybe rallying a little bit here. We'll see. The other thing though, is I would not play Robert Williams and he's doubtful for Tuesday's game against the heat, but I would just sit him until the playoffs, I guess, but I would maybe consider just shutting it down. It's not worth it. You don't want to aggravate it. You don't want him to like favor something because he's trying to force his way through the turf toe and then something else happens like you can't afford to have more injuries so if he's battling something that's severe enough right now that's on the injury report and makes his status like uncertain there's just no need to force it yeah I hadn't really thought about that but considering the approach that they've taken with like hearing from Brad Stevens he's basically like this is going to be a game-to-game thing and it's a lot of pain management and it's not going to go away for the rest of the season so if it is that kind of situation where it sure as hell sounds like it is like, yeah, I kind of agree with you. Like, I don't know why you would want to push it on a game to game basis. Yes. Rob significantly raises this team's ceiling, but now more than ever, you're saying, well, for what, what are you raising this ceiling for? Like you raising it to maybe get to the second round. Like, so I, I think I agree with that. There's no, there's no reason to push it with Rob. That being said, like, I don't know if they're in a position where they would just shut him down. I think they might still take it on a game to game thing, but in that game to game approach, there's no point in pushing it like at all. Like if there's any sort of like in a situation like Sunday, if there's a chance where he goes out there, goes through a bunch of pain and then has to get yanked after halftime, like there's no need to play him there. So yeah, I I, I do agree with that. Yeah. I mean, like that's a good point about Rob. And I think uh, you definitely want to obviously want to keep him healthy. I also think like extending that slightly like, and and Brad would never do this, but just like, it makes so much sense now to just like tank the play and and get into the lottery. Like, I know they're not going to do that. They make so much sense. (laughs) It would make so much more sense than doing what I mean, like, like, okay, Jalen's done. Shut down Kemba, shut down Tatum, just shut them down. I I know they're not going to do that, but like, and they would probably get fined, you know, until they get fined <laughs> into oblivion by, by the NBA, which like all of that makes sense. But just from a purely like team building basketball perspective, the smartest thing they could do is just miss the playoffs right now. 
give yourself a small chance with these flattened lottery odds. Maybe they get super, super lucky. If they get super, super lucky, then you either have like a super high powered rookie or you have like one of the best trade tips on the market. It would make so much more sense to just start losing like post haste. I mean, they might not have to try. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> I still think they would make it out of the playing game as it stands right now. I do too. Wizards are the hottest team in basketball. Yeah, they certainly are. Except Bradley Beal's. Yeah, you know what? Let's not get into it. Um, the the one other thing I will Russell say: Russell Westbrook would do unkind things to the Celtics team. Russell right? Westbrook would do unkind things. Russell Westbrook has been on a tear recently. I will admit that. And Bradley Beal, even injured, still on a tear via social media. I just saw him tweet out a, a clown gif at Kent Bazemore. He's just going in on him. But back to the team building stuff real quick and away from the sad wizards. Another benefit of that, which is going to happen regardless of sitting guys or not, is that you're going to get some some serious minutes from Aaron Neesmith, I think, moving forward. And that was a real question prior to Jalen's injury. You know, he was getting additional time when Jalen was out with the ankle injury. And we all know a playoff rotation condenses. And so there was a lot of question, well, is he going to see like a sporadic nine or 10 minutes in the playoffs? Is he just going to get those spare, you know, two minute stints? How's that going to work come playoff time? I think he's going to see some pretty serious time here moving forward, whether it be high teens, low twenties. And that's nice for his development. And I think that's going to be kind of nice for Celtics fans as he hits his stride right now. Like, I don't know, that's, that's another little sliver of positivity here because I think he has hit his stride kind of nicely. And so giving him some extra minutes here, that'll be an interesting thing to follow. And it never hurts to have a guy, especially at his stage of his rookie year, hitting his stride to get some playoff experience and to kind of see what it's like to play in those high intensity games. Yeah. And to give him a chance to play in some of these high intensity games when like the results aren't like, you know, it's, it's not quite as high stakes Yep. because I mean, like it's still high stakes because it's the playoffs, but it's like. You know, it's not like Neesmith is going to get pulled, you know, for, I mean, well, maybe he would, I don't know, but like, you know, you wouldn't necessarily feel like you have to pull him um, for like, yeah. you know, making a bad decision or missing a rotation or something like that. Cause like, I don't know. <laughs> Cause shrug. <laughs> You're going to lose anyway, dog. <laughs> so I don't know. All right. Yeah. Any, I mean, anything else that you guys want to touch on? I feel like, I feel like for me, the overarching, overarching theme of this podcast is just like, this sucks for Jalen. I, you know, I hope this, I hope ultimately he gets a, a ton of rest from this. I hope he gets a chance to kind of, uh, kind of relax and, and heal up a little bit. Um, just cause this has been a grueling, grueling, grueling year, you know, for everyone. Um, and, uh, certainly for the Celtics. So, yeah, I mean, is there anything else that you guys wanted to touch on before we, uh, leave it? I would just say, yeah, number one, this sucks for Jalen. Number two, if anybody is like trying to fight through any sort of injury on your team that we don't even know about, stop it. Just rest them. No need to push it. And three, don't give up on the Celtics just yet. Not that they're going to make a run, but they're not going to be completely unwatchable. And I think there's still reasons to be excited for next season for sure. I think there's still things you can glean from the final four regular season games. It'll be extremely encouraging if Evan Fournier and Aaron Neesmith continue their little hot streaks here and only make us even more excited for next season. I echo both of your thoughts. There's still some fun to be had with this team and playing game could be fun. Playoffs are fun regardless. And like Nicole said, they're playing with house money. They don't really have a whole lot to lose. But they do have things to lose for next season. So put everyone in bubble wrap and let's like, let's take it easy because there's a lot of hope for next season. And so I hope they do keep that in mind and they don't push anyone too much moving forward because I 
I really do think this team could be very good next year. And I am glad once again, that Jalen Brown isn't continuing to try to push through that injury. I'm of course not glad that he got hurt, but he was injured and I'm glad he didn't try to push through this for the next couple of weeks and ultimately make it worse and, and screw up his off season even further. Exactly. Uh, all right, guys, well, we will leave it there. Thank you to everybody for listening. Um, if you get a chance, we have a small request. Um, if you could leave us a five-star rating or review, uh, we kind of got away from asking for those because it's obnoxious, but we definitely appreciate anyone who's willing to do it. Uh, it really helps out the pod. And anybody who's already done it, thank you so much for listening and for helping us out. We, we do appreciate it. The, the other thing that I just kind of wrap things up here, Again, on Monday morning, we released a podcast with Griff's man um, talking about his upcoming events, the People's Tommy Point Charity Drive for 18. Go follow him on Twitter if you don't already, at Riff's man. He's got uh, some, some details on what he's trying to do there, but it's going to be a really cool event online. And it, using his words to just kind of improve the vibes a little bit. It's, it's been an intense year for everyone. And from what it sounds like, it's just going to be a really cool opportunity to, to have some fun and to remember how we all kind of enjoy basketball and, and, and uh, remind people that it can be fun to be part of an online basketball community. So definitely make sure you check that out. And uh, yeah, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you know where to find us and we will talk to you all again soon. Breaking up is hard to do, but when it comes to your wireless carrier, you should have left a while ago. You're over the big three carriers. You deserve better. Xfinity Mobile. Now you can get unlimited with 5G included for just $30 a month on the nation's fastest, most reliable network. So break free from the big three and save with Xfinity Mobile. Take the savings challenge at XfinityMobile.com slash savings to see how much you can save when you get Xfinity Mobile and internet together. Reduced speeds at 20 gigabytes per line. Most reliable based on Root Metrics U.S. report. Results vary, not an endorsement.